You're listening to the Play Big Brand Bold Podcast, Episode 2. Welcome to the Play Big Brand Bold Podcast, business and branding advice to help you play a bigger game in your business and brand bold to stand out in the crowd. Each week, I'll be sharing interviews with business and creative professionals, as well as insights and strategies to help you do more of the things you want to do in your business, get confident, clear, and capable to build your business brand and bottom line. Well, welcome back. Today we are talking to Jade Warren, hipster mum, all about motherhood, building your business, building your brand and standing out. Jade has got hipster mum Instagram and is a photographer and creative that I have been following for some time. And this has been such an awesome conversation with her today that I think that any woman in business will be able to identify with a lot of her story of being in a corporate job, feeling like she wasn't really where she should be and finding out that one of her, what she thought was her greatest weakness was actually one of her greatest strengths. So enjoy. So Jade Warren, you amazing lady, welcome to the Play Big Brand Bold podcast. It is so awesome to have you here as our first guest. Thank you so much for having me. I'm totally stoked to be here. I feel like we should be drinking champagne during this first interview, but I really didn't think about that early enough. No, it's awesome. I'm just enjoying um, getting to know you better. I don't think we've ever really connected. Like I've seen you so much online and so, you know, all your posts and all your stills, but I've never seen you moving in front of me. So it feels quite special to kind of like getting to know you slash podcast um, kind of experience, which is awesome. Awesome. Well, I actually, so we first met in the Epic Women in Business Facebook group, I think. Yep. I went yep. Back and I took a look at when you joined, which was last September. So it was about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And like I do with all of my members, and this is a little secret that I'm sharing, is that I do go and do a little bit of social stalking when somebody joins the group, just so that I can learn more about you, see what your business is about. And I remember going and looking at your Instagram feed and pretty much falling instantly in love. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> You're so bright and beautiful and unique and funny. And I love your sense of humor online as well. So a little bit of sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Never enough. That's what we need more of. I'm sure they say sarcasm is like, you know, a higher form of intelligence and wish. I'm sure that's what they say. <laughs> classic mum form isn't it like and it it comes from such a place of I'm in tears there's only one place to go from here like that's what I love about mums and mum humor it's just like it's in the trenches of life and you either cry on the floor which you do and then you just like start laughing your head off because that's what you've got you've got the depth of human experience every single day so that's where the the humor comes from and I think that's what mums resonate with because you can't get too serious about it you can't take yourself too seriously because it's literally life or death it doesn't get any more serious than that you've got to lighten the load with humor and with other people who get you so yeah I love the little tribe who's got that same sense of humor yeah for sure I love that so what is it tears wine and sarcasm that's yeah 
fuels mothers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like that's your, that's your emergency kit. That's you open it up and sarcasm is such a huge part of it. I mean, and comedy and you know, there's, yeah, there's just so many parts of motherhood that are desperately serious and yes. there is only one way through it and that's to laugh it off, try again, start again tomorrow. Like, so I love that, you know, I can offer that to my audience and my viewers. There's always a place to laugh and to lighten the load, but it comes from a real depth of vulnerability and, and fear as well. Like fear is such a huge part of my experience as a mother and there's, there's only one way to deal with it. Like you just have to laugh. And I think that's, it's both um, a coping strategy, but it's also the solution. So I love that. Awesome. I feel like I found a, a woman that has the same look on life as I do. So that's always <laughs> good to find your tribe. Absolutely. So, um, so Jade, I guess one of the reasons that I really wanted to have you on the podcast as you know, it's called Play Big Brand Bold. It is about, you know, I think women in business or people in business who are playing that bigger game and what that means to me is being uniquely you, having fun in the process, you know, kind of just seeing what happens and and really trying to just own your personality and your brand as well in a way that works for you. It's not about being same, same. It's not about trying to copy everybody else. Uh, and I think that it does take a certain outlook on life. It does take a certain mindset uh, and focus to be able to do that. And when I look at what you do, I kind of thought that is a lady that is definitely playing big. And I, and I can see that even though we've never had the pleasure of meeting in person, I can totally see that it jumps off the screen at me. So tell us a little bit more about how you started Hipster Mum and What's been the catalyst for going out on your own? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's, it's funny. It'll probably be contrary to everything you expect. You know, you kind of look at it and you're like, wow, this lady stepped out on her own in confidence and in kind of um, personal acceptance. But no, like everything I do in life comes from a place of rejection, pain, panic. Um, you know, I was in town um, working for a company that I adored. I was, it was more than a job. It was like a romantic relationship. I was besotted with them and I would have done anything for them. And, and that was um, reciprocated and, and I was, you know, I'd fallen in love. And then, um, but with any company, I, it was such a learning process. You realise that, you know, a change of management, a change of situation and all of a sudden perhaps you're not as simpatico as you thought you were. And, um, you know, you spent years building something for someone else when really it was never yours all along. And I think that's something that you would know, Suze, that any, any person in any employment situation um, over time is that you contribute all your heart and soul and at the end of the day it's not yours. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when, I, when that realisation kind of hit me, I was like, well, um, I better get out of here, you know. <laughs> and it's... Um, it's definitely, um, I guess, the realisation that I had as well is that having children plays a big part of it because as empathetic as management can be, if they're not actually in your shoes, if they're not actually cleaning up the vomit, putting the kids to bed at 10.30 at night, taking them, dropping them off at daycare in the dark in the morning, they'll never understand. And also it's kind of it's human nature. You actually, you actually can't expect them to understand, like, we should by law have that enshrined, that understanding, but we're not there yet. So I felt like it was a big ask for them to understand 
my life without kids. Um, so I knew that I had to find simpatico people, people who inherently knew that not last. And when I said last night was a nightmare, they, they knew that it was a nightmare and they could feel it in their bones and that we didn't need to say any more than that. So um, hipster mum started leaving town and coming home and having nothing. I did not have another job lined up. I remember getting up in the morning, just like anxiety thumping in my chest and hearing the garbage men and just absolutely like bemoaning the fact that garbage men had jobs, but I didn't have a job <laughs> because you're so alpha and you're so, um, you know, your identity is wrapped up in your job yeah. and um, stepping away from that, you've all of a sudden got to build an identity from scratch, which is both an incredible challenge and an incredible gift. And I hope that, you know, it's exactly the same as motherhood. It's exactly the same as giving birth. So that process is excruciating. It's challenging. It's also the best thing to ever happen to you. And I hope that it happens to me again in my life, many fold, because the only outcome from it is you survive and you get stronger. And so that was where Hipster Mum started. It was a sitting at home, um, picking up a camera, thinking of the person I most admired in my workplace who was a freelance photographer. She was incredibly generous with her knowledge. She was um, in control of her days. She did a lot of creative work. And I was like, right, I'm going to be like, be like her. She was amazing. So I'd never, um, I'd never picked up a camera till that day. Um, I'd been a copywriter before that and a social media manager before that. But at that point I kind of decided, well, you need to, you're going to tell stories visuals are such an important part of it so from now on you need to be able to tell the story from start to finish um so that was where the kind of the photography and the visual element came to it and then yeah picking up the graphic design is the other side of it so you know learning photoshop and learning how to manipulate your images once you've got them so was there a specific moment when you were at work did something happen or was it something that had kind of started to build over time that you made that decision um no it was a real snap decision I'm a very impulsive person and like like I like I described you know I was in love I was besotted and then um yeah a change in management and I just absolutely knew that this person didn't get me there was a real emphasis all of a sudden on um timeliness and, and being at your desk at 9 30 and attending after work drinks beyond 6 30 and such like that and that that was implicit like that that's what that's an, anyone who works in a full-time job, that's the expectation. And all of a sudden as a parent, you're constantly playing catch up. You're constantly asking for favors because so-and-so is sick or so-and-so's daycare is closed. And every time you get this little red mark against your name and for someone who's, you know, a desperate, um, what a desperate achiever or a desperate pleaser, like it's a, it's all of a sudden it, it introduces this stress into the relationship that's all on you. But in fact, you know, that's the framework within, full-time work was set up because it's set up with the implicit idea that you have a wingman at home supporting you to catch all this other stuff when we don't we don't necessarily have a wingman anymore we're both parents are out at work so um the the structure of work needs to change and um that's why it's really good to talk about this stuff out loud to share our stories of the workplace we are the first generation of women with a greater number of mothers in employment than not we need to continue knocking on the doors and banding together and saying, like, work works for us. We are the architects of this system, so we need it to change to support us and to support our society because I think we all agree that 
women should be able to work and enabled to work, but also supported in the family and supported at home. And same thing for guys because the structure around them doesn't let them get out. So, you know, women have jumped right in there, but the support, the you know, the mental load, the support at home, it's still not even, I think, as it's in, the, in the society, at a level of society. So, yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. It's like a whole other podcast, which we will get to. I'm so passionate about that stuff. So, yeah, and, you know, being a woman in business means that all of a sudden you are passionate about this yeah. stuff because it's right in your face every single day. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you're no stranger to creating amazing images and campaigns. Anybody that goes and takes a look at Hipster Mum will see that. And you've worked with the likes of Marie Claire, Shoes of Prey, Swatchkoff, Telstra, Garnier, just to name a few. And I've seen your latest campaigns. They're awesome and they're really creative and um, I love them. But you've just said that obviously when you started your business, you had never picked up a camera before. Yeah. So how did you make that leap? How did you kind of get yourself to be where you are now? Like it's incredible because I love the stuff that you create. Oh, look, I think, Suze, that is so nice of you to say thank you so much. That means so much to me. But, you know, um, I think I'm just one of those people that, you know, nothing is impossible, right? Like, and, and that's, you know, a mom has never been a parent before she's a mom. Like you got to learn on the job. And so, you know, all of it, you just pick up nothing. You are smart enough and capable enough to do anything under the sun. So it was never um, intimidating to me, that side of it, picking up the technical details. There is just Google. (laughs) Google's got the answers (laughs) to everything, Google and YouTube. YouTube. And then it, yeah, then it's done. I think what you touched on before was a really good point though. It's the mindset, isn't it? It's the mindset that holds you back, um, a fear of failure, uh, a really strong, strong grasp on perfectionism. Those are the things that can kind of um, become the roadblocks in your way. But for me, again, it's not like I was ever confident in this situation. I just had my back against the wall, girlfriend. Like I was just like out of work, feeling low, like lost the, the love of my life, which was this job. I got to do something. So these are never steps made in confidence. These are steps made in, I've hit rock bottom. Like <laughs> there is no, yeah, I got to do something and I'm going to put one foot, one foot in front of the other and fingers crossed something works out. So I think when you frame the situation like that, you've got nothing to lose. Yeah. So just go for it. Awesome. And so this is a question that I will always ask all of my podcast guests because I think it's always great to know what it means to you. And I think every single person has a different definition of what playing big is. Mm. Uh, and I did interviews a long time, well, not a long time ago, but about a year ago where some people said that, you know, playing big was this international multi-million dollar business and somebody else said the courage to do a Facebook Live. So I mm. know that we all have different ways of looking at it, but what does playing big look like and mean for you personally? Yeah, playing big is such a good question and I love that you've got that diversity of kind of answers to, to kind of look at. Playing big to me means owning your story so it means looking at yourself for starters having the courage to look at yourself and then having the courage to open your arms and embrace every part of your story and the next step of that is having the courage to show yourself compassion even in your toughest times or the times that don't conform to what you think your story should be about So um, playing big is something that, um, you know, I'm aiming for every single day. It's something that is 
you know, both, <laughs> it's both an aspiration yeah. and it's both just a daily mode of operating. So yeah. And, and you know, when you see someone playing big, cause you look at them and you can see it in their eyes. It is such a beautiful and inspiring and empowering way to live. And for me, it has nothing to do with um, financial results yeah. or um, the look and the, the showbiz and the dazzle because I know that all of that stuff can be faked. I know from behind the camera that, that you know, everything, that, that in itself is its own magic. But when you see someone owning their story, it is utterly beautiful. That for me is just the most beautiful thing. And that's what I'm aspiring to, to play big myself. Yeah. I love that. Like, I absolutely love it. And I think the whole compassion is a really big part of it as well, because like we were talking about before we started recording is, you know, we were talking about what are some of the experiences that maybe some of our listeners or my community have. And it is around that perfectionism. It's around, I can't put myself out there because it doesn't look right. It's not perfect. I'm not the right size. I don't have the right voice. I, you know, what will people say? And it's, and it is that desire to own your story and then being compassionate enough with yourself to put it out there and know that it doesn't matter that it's not perfect. Mm, yep. It's such a good point. And you know what, when, when, when you say, what will people say, you actually, you take away that mask mm. and it's you. You are the one who has the power to judge yourself and you are the one who kind of pours judgment on others. You know, judgment doesn't come in a vacuum. You know, it is, it is coming from this place within. And if you can show yourself kindness and if you can show yourself, um, give yourself the patience to to, to try and to start and to give it a go and to not be perfect at it first, you will find that A, you'll feel great because you did something and B, people around you will respond because they can see that you are owning your story and that is the most inspiring thing you'll ever see. More, more beautiful than a perfect face and a perfect haircut. When someone is owning their story and being true to themselves, it is it rings like absolute truth. And also it's something that cannot be replicated by any single other person on the planet. It is absolutely individual to you. So I think there's a great power in that, but it's also incredibly scary. So I understand that people carry these shields that help them get through the day. You know, that's perfectionism. That's, um, you know, I'm not making enough money or the negative self-talk or the things like that. And that's absolutely something that I'm in the depths of as well. But yeah, I feel like if anyone, you know, needs a nudge, then come to me and, and we'll, we'll be authentic together, I guess. The... Yeah, absolutely. And it is the whole thing of, you know, Brene Brown talks about armoring up, like we armor up when we, when we go out there and, you know, because we are so worried about what people are going to say. Uh, but it is that imperfection. It is the people who are truthful about fear and about not getting it right and that they have concerns who are the people that we're actually drawn to mm. because perfection is nothing that we can ever live up to. Yep. So when, you know, if you're worried about being perfect, then you've just got to remember, are they the people that you're drawn to? Are they the people that you follow? Are they the people that you aspire to be like? Because it, it's such an unrealistic thing. Yep. Perfection is never attainable. So, uh, yeah, so I love the way that you look at that. 
Awesome. Yeah, totally agree. Such a Brené Brown groupie. <laughs> I totally love everything she puts out. But I do think that it's, uh, I think, having, you know, those leaders who can really talk to us about stuff that we don't always understand who have spent a lot of time really digging deep into this. I think it's it's a real opportunity for us to learn more about how we can play a bigger game, whatever that means to us, and realise that it's okay to not be perfect. And I think that once you can embrace that, I think that life is a lot more fun and enjoyable and you'll do so much more as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it guides you on your path and it can also be an indicator that perhaps you're on the wrong path. Like I know that in an office environment, for example, I'm just so sensitive. I'm so sensitive to injustice. I'm so sensitive to judgment. I'm so sensitive to gossip, to belittling. If anything happened in an office environment, it would hit me like a physical thing, even though I wasn't involved. And I always criticize myself so badly, you know, why aren't you more resilient, Jade? Why, you know, why do you feel like, and I just shut down on myself. I was like, I'm sick of feeling. (laughs) And I find that, you know, working for myself in my own environment, A, I'm physically out of the office space. So I'm not, I don't have those storylines thrust in front of me. And B, I guess I've recognized now that my sensitivity can be such a strength. It allows me to connect with people very quickly. It allows me to empathize with them, to see their story, and then to celebrate their story with a vision and a depth of feeling that perhaps they're not used to from everyone else. So, yeah, that's just one example where, you know, my greatest weakness in an office environment turned out to be a great strength when all of a sudden you're working for yourself. And I definitely want other biz mums to kind of understand out there that yet your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses in the right space, they're actually your greatest strength. And so it might just be pivoting or shifting that'll enable you to harness that. Yeah. And I love the fact that when you say, if you're feeling like that in a certain environment, then you need to make a decision whether that's the right environment for you or not. And I think that sometimes we don't always think about that. We kind of push it back onto ourselves. Like you said, I should be tougher. I should be more resilient. I should be this. I should be that. Mm-hmm. In fact, am I in the right place for for me to be really operating as my optimal self or as my happy self or as, you know, the person that I want to be as well? Yep. Yep. And trusting your gut, all that kind of stuff, intuition. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm the first person when something goes wrong, it is like doubling down. It is my fault. I'm broken. I'm the one who's, who stuffed this up. But I guess as you grow older, you can kind of let go of those storylines and, um, yeah, you know, show yourself that compassion, lift your head up and look around and see if there's another solution to to the problem that you're facing. And I do think that age and motherhood does kind of bring that as well. Yeah. It's kind of clears away the stuff that, I don't know, it's not superficial, but it's the stuff that you just don't need or doesn't serve you anymore. Mm -hmm. Things that are just more important that you can be focusing on. And I think that, you know, you kind of do start to focus on things that can help you move forward and can help you be stronger Mm -hmm. once you sort of move past that. Yeah. And not being the same as everyone else, you know, how desperately did we want to be just like that girl? (laughs) And, you know, 30 years on that girl may not have had the greatest life. You know, she may have had tough things happen to her that you know and then all of a sudden you're like wow you know how lucky am I that I wasn't that girl that I was me so yeah definitely 
motherhood age, it's the, it's the best place to be. And it's absolutely tough and it's absolutely a struggle, but there's nowhere else I would rather be than right here, right now. Awesome. So we're going to take a little step back in the past as well. And I love that you say that you were born in Samoa, but you grew up in Sydney and you grew up in a family of fashion designers and computer geeks. And Mm. I want to know if that has shaped the way that you run your business or the way that you look at the world. Oh, for sure. Like a hundred percent. So my mum is the most wonderful, talented, brilliant, gifted person on the planet she is a mother of seven children and she has always run her own business and today it is like this superstar business that um she's a pattern maker so she um interprets kind of um drawings inspirations from fashion designers and she converts them into the real life patterns that you know 20,000 50,000 pieces are cut from and then manufactured yeah so she's like a very um, mathematical thinker of able to turn you know kind of drapes and folds and inspiration into a concrete kind of architectural plan so yeah mind blown right (laughs) she is literally like a magic maker so adore adore her deeply and her creativity just you know flows through the entire family so I'm the eldest And then there's my next sister who runs a thriving fashion business that is stocked in all the coolest New York boutiques and, you know, worn by Kim Kardashian and Bella Hadid and yeah, like, and, you know, Courtney and Chloe and the whole crew. And then um, you've got my next sister who has her own plus size fashion label, which is again, very highly in demand, um, adored by all the plus size fashionistas. Um, And then you've got my other sister, who's a nurse and you've got my brother who's a photographer and my younger brother who's a makeup artist and then my very little sister who's just 13 years old so we hang out a whole lot and um yeah the creativity in that family is astounding and yeah to have that that around you I mean what a gift that my mum gave me but can you imagine the cleaning up can you imagine having a being pregnant for 25 years non-stop and then like the laundry and not even to mention like just the feralness of it. Like if everyone got sick or everyone got gastro or, or just the yeah. food bills, the shopping. Yeah. I can, I've got two and I can barely cope. <laughs> every level of my mom just astonishes me. So every time I'm making my daughter's lunch, you know, I like text my mom, mom, thank you so much for making me my lunch all those years. She's just made them all. And, you know, did I ever say thank you? Or did I ever offer to help her out? Or did I, you know, like she's, yeah. Every part of her is absolutely astonishing and I adore her to pieces. And so, yeah, now today my family is really close. Um, We've got a whole bunch of, you know, mum obviously uses computer-aided design to do all her design work or, you know, all my my sister's obviously really savvy with, um, you know, not only production but the marketing of it, Um, you know, when she's kind of pitching her products to Lily Depp and yes. <laughs> and um, whoever is the hot girl of the minute, she's got these incredible lookbooks and a beautiful website and all that kind of stuff. So those guys are just, you know, super talented on a next level. And I just, yeah, I'm just in awe of them, inspired by them, support them and proud of them. But they're also my brothers and sisters and they're all little, so I guess I can <laughs> try and throw my weight around a bit, which is... <laughs> diminishing greatly these days things I'm not physically the biggest anymore 
But so, it must be amazing dinner dinner chats, especially when you're all in such creative fields and learning from each other what's working, what's not, what's hip, what's you know, what's happening right now. Do you guys ever kind of talk about that stuff? Yeah, I try and talk to them about it. Often, um, often family is like they'll like give away a little bit, but not. <laughs> everything in our family can be like that as well so like I try and share my learnings and share my stuff and I hope that my little sister wants to use my cameras for example or something like that because that's such a a leg up but I remember asking my brother for a camera and he's like no go get your own like (laughs) but I have done jobs with him actually and he's really brilliant to work with so yeah like yeah it's interesting family dynamics are, are family dynamics but yeah we just have we have such a special gift to all have each other I mean my mom I just thank her every single day. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so what have been some of the mindset, I call the monsters or blocks that you've had to deal with and what have you kind of done or what are some of the tactics or ways that you kind of look to get around that for yourself? Yeah. Mindset stuff. Look, it's nothing that is done and dusted and I've moved on from it and I'm, I'm, I'm now, this resilient champion who doesn't get upset by anything like that is not the case at any stage of the way. I guess what I've learned to do now, thanks to Brené and thanks to the conscious mother, Kirsten Baus, um, based in Perth, um, is to look back and try and own my story with love because it has just been a lifetime of kicking my own ass, (laughs) frankly, which is um, an exhausting way to live. And so it, it doesn't work every time it, and it also takes time. You know, you can't ex- expect to drop the ball and then love yourself. Like yeah. that's not going to happen. But what might happen is a week later, you might be able to look to yourself and your mistakes with a little more tolerance. Um, and that's absolutely a daily battle. And what can I say? I mean, what, what helps? I mean, getting the kids out of the house for a bit really helps. <laughs> It's always a motivator. I know my, my girls are away at the minute for school holidays. They're visiting my sister. Um, and I cannot tell you how much, how happy I am with myself right now. <laughs> you know, when you're not exhausted and you're not a personal slave and you're not spending every spare minute working, there is a great deal to like about yourself. Yeah. So I think maybe perhaps giving, your, that, giving yourself permission, not having to parent your children every second of every day is really a, a big step. And um, also then, you know, coming back to them recharged yeah. and, and seeing their good points. I kind of get stuck in that, you know, those, those lenses that we all wear, you know, oh, you know, my child, she, she needs to eat better. You know, I need to fix her diet. I need to take her to a speech therapist. I, I look at her with all the things I've got to fix and I feel a great deal of pressure. But then looking at her today on the phone, you know, she's independent. She's talking to me. She's... Um, She's happy where she is. She's communicating her needs to other people in another way. And that, I mean, that, that's what it is. That's it. Your job is done. So maybe, um, yeah, having that space between you and your kids um, sporadically can give you that perspective, which has been really helpful for me this week. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, enjoy. (laughs) What a gift, hey? And when it comes to your business and learning new skills, do you ever deal with, you know, thoughts around, I don't know this, or am I really going to be able to do this? Or what if this doesn't work? Or how do you sort of, do you have that first of all? And if you do, 
what kind of kicks in for you? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, it's really funny. I did, I go into every photo shoot, um, just shy of terrified. <laughs> like <laughs> I've done a lot of photo shoots and the results have always been amazing. And yet if I have one tomorrow, you will find me today just sitting at my desk sweating. So, and it's funny because I've spoken to other professionals and they're exactly the same, you know, they're nervous about ensuring the outcome for their clients and, and I think that is natural. I think that is human nature. I think it's natural to approach, you know, things with trepidation. Yeah. I guess how that affects you taking the next step. Um, I kind of flip back into geek mode. And when I'm in that space, I'm really just more interested. My interest overwhelms my fear. So if there's a technical detail I can learn or um, there's someone interesting I can chat to who knows a lot about it, who I can fangirl out on, and if I can get that little geek Jade to fire up, she's just going to get out there and she's going to solve the problem and she's going to do it um, very kind of fired up. And then fearful Jade kind of takes a back seat. So I guess that's, um, that's definitely one way to kind of um, get over the, the trepidation, but also to acknowledge that it, it happens to everyone and it almost happens at every level, I think, because some people I really admire have kind of, confess that they were nervous before this thing and I'm like are you kidding me you're like a top gun lady like you know so I think that's just part of doing your best yeah absolutely and I mean I listen to people like Marie Folio and Brené Brown and Amy Porterfield and all the rest of it and they all say that they there is always a fear there is always a fear of will I run out of something to say what if this doesn't work and so there really isn't anybody that escapes that. But I love what you were just saying about, it's almost like a persona. Mm. Talking about this in the last podcast around uh, the fact that one of my biggest secrets for how I sort of break through that fear is that my inner voice, I have turned to her into a little cheerleader. Like literally she's got pom-poms, they're gold. She's like, you can do it, <laughs> which is really super corny, but it totally works. Yeah. So really about, yeah, totally acknowledging the different parts in you and pulling out what you need at that moment in time to hopefully be that dominant personality for you in order to really execute do what you want and and enjoy it hopefully at the time as well yeah yeah all of that comes through and I love that you've got your little cheerleader I might have to work on my little cheerleader (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and you know like in yeah that idea of um of serving others and supporting others is a really powerful driver for me like if I can um, get out of my own head and think about the benefits and just just look at other people with my eyes. Like I have such, when I look at other mums in business in particular, I see like a velvet, velvet curtain on a beautiful clamshell lit stage and they are like these goddesses coming down. <laughs> they are like skin bathed in candlelight and, you know, strength and beauty and this operatic, you know, ability to share their talents with the world. And I'm pretty sure they don't see that when they look in the mirror, (laughs) but that is actually what I see. And I can give that to them. I can, I can show them, Hey, look, did you see this? Look, that's what, that's who, that's who you are at this moment. That's, that's what you are to me. And, um, yeah, that kind of inspires me too. that, that serving others and putting them 
you know, being useful to them, very simple. But if you can be useful, then you'll find that all your fears and your concerns will take a backseat. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as we've mentioned, you've obviously worked with some pretty epic brands, which has been amazing. And when I look at your visual branding, I just think it's exceptional. Obviously, I'm very drawn. I'm like a firefly to anything that's pink or bright, which is uh, very much (laughs) a colour that you use quite a lot. But when it comes to your brand, so visual brand, brand experience, personality, voice, because you've got a really fun brand voice as well. Did you nail it from the start or has it evolved over time? Um, I definitely think my secret weapon in this case is Pinterest. And I'm not sure if you're a big Pinterest user, but some people I find are not. And I'm like absolutely shocked. I'm like, you don't use Pinterest? Like Pinterest is like the the brand. It's the brand maker. So it's like swimming in the sea of wonderful jewels and what you do is you just keep swimming and then you pluck a piece up and you put it in your backpack and you keep going and then you pluck another piece and you put it in your backpack and then you know you don't need any of these pieces at that particular point in time but when you look back you're like oh my god you're suddenly wearing this like extraordinary beautiful wonderful gown because of all the little bits and bobs of inspiration you were able to pick up along the way. So um, Pinterest. I love that analogy, by the way. (laughs) I've got this visual of like a jeweled gown. (laughs) Right, a mermaid flowing in the sea. And what I love about that is, you know, you know, when you need a brand, when you need a piece of branding, you need it to like, you need it in 30 seconds. Like I need a JPEG 800 by 800. that has got the words of this thing and it needs to have the thing of this thing. But when you've been swimming in your brand, see and you've had the chance to kind of collect the bits and bobs you'll go back there and it'll be there it'll be there and collected in hundreds of different fonts and words and and lockups and um you know photos and everything so um for me and for all my clients for all the jobs that i do everything always starts with pinterest and pinterest mood boarding so i have hundreds of boards I'm on there every night. It's basically my kind of downtime. And it's my kind of magazine. Remember that magazine experience we used to have? And that was like, you know, cut it out and stick it on the mood board and such. It's exactly the same experience, except they're all there from from years ago and from jobs that I've done before. I can pull that reference from that job for that particular client or and that would be good for this one. And I keep them all kind of that way. So that's absolutely my secret weapon when it comes to branding. Amazing. Yeah, when I... Uh had my photo shoot. It was almost two years ago now, which is a bit crazy. We did, yeah, like a full Pinterest mood board on like colours I loved and backgrounds I loved and styles I loved. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, I was in love with my branding photo shoot. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I got exactly what I wanted because I was really, really clear on what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And it was all inspiration. So, you know, it wasn't, it didn't look particularly like one person it was kind of a yeah melting pot of all of these different things that I really loved that sort of came together so yeah Pinterest is amazing for that sort of thing Mm, for sure and if you look at um, the hipster mum identity Pinterest board you know there's all these kind of there's obviously the humor there's the feminism but there's all these other elements that you might not see you know there's fangs there's blood there's danger there's pain there's you know there's tattoos there's vulnerability and that is really interesting as well because you might not get that from a funny meme or a funny quote but for me that's the wellspring of what you know hipster mum is about and 
it's not just a superficial thing. It's the full depth of the human experience. And I think that is really what gives a brand roots to kind of grow over time and to really, um, yeah, to not be scared of those kind of darker elements in your brand as well, you know, like to, to have that in the mix somewhere gives it that kind of real stickiness, which I I'm really interested in as well. And so if somebody was going to use Pinterest to try and explore and evolve and develop their own brand, what sort of questions should, do you think they could potentially be asking themselves? Oh, I mean, I think if you jump on Pinterest and you create an account, I would then go and follow the people that come to mind. So follow Hipster Mom and follow Suze Chadwick if, if that's um, where you're at and just have a look and Pinterest doesn't have to be exclusively about your brand you'll find wonderful recipes you'll find great DIYs to make for the kids you'll find great outfits you want to wear but I guess it all kind of and then you might find a bit of branding that speaks to you or you might find you know a font package that you love or you might find a website kind of design that kind of fits in well and I think what's great about it is that it's not it's not homework it's intuitive it's play yeah. So when things are play, that's when um, they're a lot more, I guess, rewarding. You don't have to put yourself to the grindstone to make it happen. You can actually get a lot of energy for it and, and from it and then it just evolves over time. So, yeah, I would just follow people that you like. I'd follow, you know, Adairs if you like Adairs or follow the big brands that you like, whether, you know, and there could be international brands as well or there could be local brands. But there's just there's so much out there. I think you, you can't. You can't um, not get something from it. Someone who uses it really well locally is Jade from Little Paper Lane. Yes. So she's a real Pinterest guru and I love her pages just for colours and and gift wrapping and all kinds of things. So um, definitely, definitely check out the people in your network that are already on there. Great. And I love that you say that you measure your performance by asking two questions because obviously we can look at things and they can look amazing but you've got two questions you ask yourself, which is how evocative is the content I produce? So combining your killer copy with exceptional Photoshop and then how many clicks and conversions do I drive? So obviously utilizing your reports and Google analytics. And this is something that I love because as I said before, I do come from a strategy background where I do kind of geek out on some of the numbers, even though I find myself not being a fully analytical person, Mm -hmm. but how do you balance the two between your creativity, but also, knowing what works and what doesn't I guess that's the thing that comes to I guess everything starts out from a point of creativity and then you kind of throw it on the wall and then your numbers shows you what sticks yeah so your numbers guide you as to should you repeat it again what was it about that that worked um you know you have all that data in front of you in terms of the timing of the posts in terms of the call to action in terms of the click-throughs in terms of the people who skipped away from it all this kind of stuff so as well as creating all this stuff, I'm very intuitively swimming in the numbers at the same time and being very aware of what works and then repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And that gives you your consistency. So um, the numbers, I guess, they keep you going as well. You know, if you were just this creative mastermind and you were out there blazing away like a, a sparkler and then all of a sudden you're not sure if anyone's seen it, if anyone's noticed, if anyone's responding, if anyone's connected, at least with the numbers right in front of you, you can immediately see, well, they responded to this. <laughs> they didn't respond to that. What if I tweak it? You know, and you can have a bit of a blueprint as to where to go from here. So 
the numbers are essential, as essential as the creative side. And they give you a lot of um, motivation, I guess, to keep going. When you have a big hit, you're <clears throat> often sometimes I'm in the dark creating away and I'm like, oh, nobody likes me. But then when you have a big hit, you're like, oh, okay, right. I've got something here. I'll keep going with this one. Yeah, awesome. And so do you have a plan for the year when it comes to your business? Do you map out a marketing plan or have a strategy or know what it is that you're going after? Um, I should. Um, I actually am just in a spot where I'm kind of, I guess I'm being led by my personal journey at the minute. Yeah. And I guess I'm, I'm coming from a space where previously earlier this year, I was of the mindset, growth is good. Growth is God. Everything you do must grow, right? Um, and that's, that's an ethos modeled not only in my personal brain, but in our society as a whole, we are obsessed with growth. Yeah. We think that if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, whereas I've kind of been through some experiences this year that have kind of just told me to take my foot off the accelerator yeah. and that growth isn't going to solve all your problems. Taking on more clients is not going to make you stronger, perhaps not going to make you feel better, not going to give you resilience when times are tough. So I'm just in the process of defining what a sustainable strategy yeah. looks like for me. But I'm also very, um, I'm very available for clients. I, I just have that mentality that is that I, I want to serve as well. But I guess what I need to work on right now is I need to serve myself as a client, which I've never done before in my life. I've never heard of that as a strategy. Um, but I have heard of day blocking and time blocking where you block out things for things. And I think what I need to do is enter myself as one of those things and then honor it because my whole life, I've just been told, you know, if someone walks along with $2, then you serve them for their $2 because what have you got, you know, <laughs> which is a really destructive way to think, right? And maybe you're not worth $2 anymore. Maybe you're 36 years old and you've had a big career and $2 isn't quite the going rate for a 36-year-old <laughs> mom who's got childcare going on. And then, you know, but the other side of it is, you know, um, out overpricing yourself as well and and I've definitely been through that as well and that, this is a big thing that I think all small business people face is pricing and I face a lot of anxiety around pricing as well and um, I guess my advice to that is you know be be prepared to explore the spectrum don't be scared of it but I think what you've what you've highlighted too is, is just so important at the end of the day it comes back to you and your mindset and and that internal kind of dialogue that's going on and you actually can't fix it with the highest prices in the world and you can't fix it with the lowest prices in the world they both rest on your internal state of mind at that point in time so but that's you know that's an equation with so many moving parts yeah so i just hope to kind of yeah work on that inner equation and then kind of execute in a more kind of holistic way. And if you have any advice around that, I'm sure you do have a wealth of wisdom. Can you share with me what you, what you kind of, how you approach that? Yeah, it's interesting because I always, and I say to my business coaching clients all the time, when you put time in the diary for yourself, it is, it is 
you can't move that. Treat it like a client. So if somebody says, oh, I really need you at this point in time, can you, you know, cancel what you've got on and see me and you've got that time booked in for you, you've kind of got to honour that. Like unless it's something that is the most important thing ever. But I think we do jump a lot when clients want something. And I think the other thing is, is that when you jump, sometimes people don't value you as much as well. So it's not about... Uh, trying to not be available. But I think that when you block time out for yourself, it should be for a reason and it should be for your own reflection or, you know, spending time on something that's really important to you, whether it's family or business uh, and kind of just not being flexible on time for yourself, I think is something that I talk to a lot of clients about and I do block out time uh, that is that just isn't flexible. And if somebody calls me, I'll just say, you know, these are the times that I've got available uh, unless it's something that's so super important to me that I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to move it. But, yeah, I think it's a really interesting one and I think the whole question of do you have a plan, like at the moment I'm very much in a planning phase looking at my marketing for the next, for next year. Um, but the interesting thing that you said that totally resonates with me is that it's not always about growth or it's not always about growth as a whole. So for example, consolidation is a really good place to be as well, where you kind of review and take a look and say, what's working for me? What's not working for me? What am I loving? What am I not loving? Uh, what do I need to do? And so I'm really going through that at the moment as well, myself looking at, should I be carrying everything that I'm carrying right now, you know, across into next year? Uh, and I think that for me, the podcast is something I'm super excited about. I feel like it uh, is going to give me the reach and the connection that I'm wanting more of. Uh, and Play Big Brand Bold, the online course, is something I'm super passionate about and I love. So I think it's really just looking at things in your business that really light you up. Mm. And it's not yep. about growth for growth's sake. It's about growing in a way that is really uh, supportive of the person that you want to be. Mm -hmm that you want to have and at different times in your business and in your normal life I think that you'll you know there'll be times where you'll be going 100 miles an hour and other times where you just need to stop mm. and just take a breath and kind of just say you know something I just need to give myself some space for the next month or three months or six months mm -hmm. um, and you know something at the end of the day it's not going to all go away you know, it'll still be there for you. Mm. Uh, and I think it's also, it comes back to that self-compassion. Mm. It comes back to the self-compassion of I, my time is valuable. I am valuable. Uh, and uh, whatever decision I make for myself is the right decision for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that us just being okay with that is a great place to be. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you say you can give yourself a month, three months or six months. I feel a lot in the small business world, there is this great expectation that it's going to be an overnight success because we're all starting out, I guess. Yeah. And there's not perhaps, a, I haven't seen a lot of biz moms who have a 20 year small business under their wing, I guess. So we are all starting out and it, there is so much excitement and, and passion about it. but yeah, I don't want to feel compelled 
to have to keep up this pace. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Sometimes you will go 100 miles an hour mm. and other times it's okay to stop as well. And I think that sometimes just stopping to actually ask yourself, is this where I, is this where I want to be? And mm-hmm. is this going the way I want it to go? And am I being the person that I really want to be? I think that... Mm sometimes get so caught up in the, you know, the, like you said, the excitement of just doing and going and being in this, you know, it is a whirlwind. It feels like a bit of a whirlwind at the moment with women in small business. And, you know, even with my community, I feel like there's this need to just continue to go. But I, I am all for productivity and I'm all for growth and I'm all for playing a bigger game, but I am 100% all for stopping. Mm. Sure. It's what you want. Yeah. And I think when you say, yeah, when you say you're all for playing a bigger game, you know, some part of playing a bigger game is going deep. Some part of playing a bigger game is fortifying yourself with strong, deep roots. And a girlfriend of mine, Jacqueline Powell, she's a photographer, a brilliant girl. She has really, Um, she kind of expressed this to me maybe a year ago, 18 months ago. And I was like, what, you're going to dig deep. Like what's wrong with you? You know? And it is so funny that, um, often the things that we hear and we reject, like we go crazy, like I would never do that. It's actually what you need. You need. Yeah. And I've learned that about myself over the last 12 months. When I first bought Brené Brown's book, I read the first two pages and I literally threw it across the room. (laughs) I like projected it like 10 meters away and smashing it. It was the gifts of imperfection and it hit the wall and fell to the floor and stayed there for the next like 18 months until, you know, two months ago when I finally picked it up and devoured it in, you know, a day type thing. And so many of those messages there I needed to hear. And she's definitely resonates in her book as well. She says, you know, the digging deep or soldiering on, or the, you know, when someone asks you to do something, you just, you know, dig deep. And then you look at other people who aren't soldiering on and you think you're weak. You're not doing, you know what I mean? It, that judgment, you know, I think, yeah, pulling back, let, like letting go of the judgment, giving yourself the time and the patience to, yeah, just to be with yourself. I think that's going to be my next challenge to be with myself, to value what I can do. And then to move forward and support people in a really sustainable way. Um, that's really exciting. You know, it's a really exciting thought to be able to do that. So, yeah, thank you so much for asking me. <laughs> Pleasure. And I think that that is an awesome note for us to finish on. Now, my last question, which is what is your favourite fun business quote? Do you have one? Look, it's, it's not particularly fun. <laughs> <laughs> But it is absolutely truth. And every time I hear it, I'm like, right on, sister. It's um, we rise by lifting others. Yes. So, like, for me, there is no rising unless yes. everyone's coming with me. And it's the same. I look at my mum and it's exactly the same for her. You know, she she rose and she lifted all of us. And if, if, there's, if I'm alive, then that's what I need to be doing. <laughs> I love it. I agree. And it's just so much more fun when you've got a crew coming with you. Right, right. And I love that. I love mums. I love mums in business. We're such a motley crew, you know what I mean? Like the real definition of experience and vulnerability and strength and 
yeah, stuff like looking a certain way or having shaved legs or, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is who we are. Like these are our faces and these are our experience and these are our children. Like this is legit. And the more we can support each other and rewrite the narrative of what a woman should be and what a mother should be, the more power we're going to get and the more we are, we're going to able to rise by lifting each other. So, yeah. Amazing. So, Jade, what's up for you in the next 12 months and where can people find you? Yeah, so the next 12 months will see me um, just um, business as usual, supporting biz mums as much as I can online, um, supporting people with amazing profile photography, um, supporting people with, you know, social media, whether that be strategy or execution or reporting. Um, you can find me online. You can find me at www.hipstermum.com. You can find my professional services, um, which include social photography and um, community building at www.hipstermumsocial.com. You can see my photography and the beautiful images of all the wonderful people that I've collaborated with at www.hipstermum.co. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at hipster underscore mum. So there's lots of places to connect. Don't be a stranger. Knock on some doors and let's hang out. Let's be friends. Amazing. And we will have all of those links in the show notes so that you can check Jade out. Jade, thank you so much for being the first interviewee on the Play Big Brand Ball podcast. It has been amazing having you on. Thank you. I'm sure it'll be Richard Branson and Ariana Huffington from here and they'll have big shoes to fill, right, too. So you'll be like, wow. You weren't, you weren't anywhere well, near my first Well, once they hear that you were on, I'm sure that they'll be come, come knocking, let me tell you. Right. You just throw my name around, open, <laughs> watch the doors open, I'm sure. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been, I've learned so much even just from our short conversation and you're such a wealth of knowledge and also a massive support for mums in business. So I'm so glad to connect. So how great was that episode with Jade Warren? Make sure you head over to Instagram and follow her. She's an absolute inspiration and a laugh and I loved having her on. So thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to share it, leave a review and sign up for updates at theconnectionexchange.com so that you don't miss an episode. You can also follow me on Instagram at Connection Exchange or on Facebook at Suzanne Chadwick. TCX and I hope to catch you again next week.